courage. Every birthday bubble has a glory. Each abysmal failure makes a point. Every glowing path that goes astray shows you how to find a better way. So every time you stumble, never grumble. Next time you'll bumble even less. For up from the ashes, up from the ashes, grow the roses of success. That driving feeling Oh, that driving feeling Christian Carguy Radio Show I say this calls for action and now Nip it in the bud Nip it in the bud You got to nip it in the bud Disaster didn't stymie Louis Pasta No, sir Edison took years to see the light Right Alexander Graham knew failure well. He took a lot of knocks to ring that bell. So when he gets distressing, it's a blessing. Onward and upward you must press. Yes, yes, till from the ashes, up from the ashes. Grow the roses of success. <laughs> the day on the Christian Car Guy Show. It's Father's Day Eve, and so we got sort of a special thing we're going to do today. My father, he had all these sayings, you know, these one-liners, and one of his favorites was, necessity is the mother of invention, of invention, right? So it was sort of a dadism. A lot of truth in that one, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and God wired fathers to come through to rescue the beauty to fix things, right? So as a tribute to fathers everywhere on today's show, the question is, how did your father display this prowess? Now, maybe it wasn't your birth father, but it was a grandfather or an uncle or some other father figure in your life. And as I said, necessity is the mother of invention. So sometimes we get real, real, real creative. <laughs> in fact, my father, when he said that, that usually preceded some extremely creative way to fix something. And we uh, have a picture at ChristianCarGuy.com, as you could imagine, of many of the creative fixes that I really just blow my mind the things that people think of you know there's a picture you would love it jerry of a man who used shoelaces to lace up his bumper cover he, he popped <laughs> hey, i believe i have seen that <laughs> <laughs> so yes i have an example from my father but to get you thinking along these lines and getting ready to call in at 866-348-7884 is the number to call in 866-348-7884. Here's a soundbite from a pretty well-known father, especially somebody that likes tools, teaching his son how to repair an electrical appliance. All right, the number one rule in home repair is safety. We're going to rewire a major appliance. we got to cut the electricity off, all right? Come on out here. There. That is the fuse box. The electrical nerve center of our house. Wow. You're darn right, wow. <laughs> but now we don't have to cut off all the electricity, just the section of the house we're working on. That'd be the kitchen up there. Uh, kitchen. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have labeled those in pencil, should I? <laughs> They're all faded and everything. Look at 
Well, kitchen's K. Yeah, test kitchen. There we go. All right, Hank, the handyman. Come on, let's go. We got to take off that access panel. Look at all the wires in there. You know what all those wires do? Yeah, of course. I wouldn't have taken it off if I didn't. Ground, we're looking to ground. Now, red is all red. Yellow, see? The sun is yellow, it heats the ground. That's how they name stuff. I did that to teach you an important lesson. What's that, Dad? Well, when you work with electricity, it's a good idea to shut it all off. Now, follow me upstairs, or I'll show you to treat a severe electrical burn. <laughs> <laughs> so the beauty of that, really, and then there's so there's so much we could go into. That here's a man, right? He's taking his son along on the adventure. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And my dad did that with me all the time um, on all these different things that we would go to fix around the house or we would, you know, fix out in the garage or wherever we were going. And, and, and so it's a beautiful thing that, you know, Tim took his son along and it, and it actually <laughs> came out to be pretty handy. And, and for those of you who haven't done electrical repair, you, you can see that it's a little dangerous and you need to know that, you know, you got this stuff going on. And Jerry, you had people in your life that, taught you took you alongside yeah absolutely and it, you know sometimes it isn't necessarily your natural born father your biological father which now i will say that ray my father did give me the opportunity by having a business that i had to sort of get in there and 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 learn i remember when i was 15 years old the first car when i was in turn 16 he bought me a car that was wrecked and he goes okay you got about eight months to fix it if you want something to drive when you turn 16 so well, there you he, go so I learned I better learn how to fix things in a hurry. But I had an uncle, uh, Floyd, who was with the, was in the Navy, retired from the Navy, was an uh, aircraft uh, mechanic. And one time he was over the aircraft repair base for the Navy in Hawaii. But he was a guy who believed you fixed anything. And it didn't matter what it was. And, and even his car, you'd raise up the hood of his car, and it was duct tape on everything because he'd <laughs> wrapped everything up again. And But his whole thing... He was almost, uh, he, I mean, he just took me by, took me under his wing and stuff. And it was, had instilled to me, there's nothing that you can't fix if you just put your mind to it. And a little bit of it is. It's a matter of necessity. Well, it's <laughs> a great for invention, <laughs> it's for the sure. It's invention, yeah. right. So we know that you were along with your dad. You've got a remarkable story. It could be hilarious or it could be just awesome. We would love to hear it. 866 348 884-866-34-TRUTH. Of course, I got one from my own dad that I'm going to share in a minute, but we want to hear yours. 866-34-TRUTH. Now, we, we got to get back to our you know, your Red Roof Inn contest. We had it running again on Facebook this week, and as you know, we, can, we have one winner this week that's coming, and we can go on our Facebook app here, which people are watching on Facebook or watch. We're going to draw the winner, and there you go. We're going to make the draw, and the winner is... This week, it's Pathfinder, 
is the name of the car. It has 189,000 miles on it. And Larry Robbins is the winner. And so you can go on. We're not going to run the contest this week, but next week um, we're going to run it again. And you can go on Facebook and have a chance to win an overnight stay at any Red Roof in America. There's over 500 of them. And these are neat things. They're just certificates that you don't even have to call, make a reservation or anything. You stay there. When you go to pay, you hand them this thing, and it and it pays for one night. And how cool is that? That is cool. So we got that. Then we want to, of course, mention that today is the 14th episode of Jailhouse Justice. And it's actually the second to the 14. last. Yeah. Of Well, there's 37 episodes yeah. of Christian Car Guy Theater. But this one is on just the whole Jailhouse Justice and Bad Brad and Noir and all that's going on. This is the second to the last feature. Pretty exciting stuff going to go on today. The last segment of the show will be Christian Car Guy Theater, Jailhouse Justice 14. So we would, again, the Jesus Labor Love, car show calendar, all that stuff's at ChristianCarGuy.com. But we would love to hear your dad's story. I'm amazed that nobody's lit up. Come on. We know your dad went out there, 866-348-7884. Now, my dad, um, one Christmas... He, he bought my brother and I one of these little Cox airplanes. <laughs> and I think they were just meant, you know, if you ever tried to start one of those, you know, it, it, it would naturally hit your finger. And then your dad would say a lot of words that you would really hear and your brother would look at each other. <laughs> oh, you remember that, the little needle valve? Yeah. And yeah, oh, it was fun. And so my dad bought us this, you know, Cox. Of, the, the first one was a P-51 Mustang which was great. Oh, it was oh. awesome, man. It was just, this was going to be great. And uh, I was in about the third grade. And of course we didn't know how to fly one and he was going to show us how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the challenge was he didn't really know how to fly one either. And you would think that you're supposed to raise the elevator, you know, the little tail when, when you want it to go up, but that's actually the way to make a car, an airplane stall really quick. But we found that out the hard way or my dad found it out the hard way because once he finally got it started, which was very comical, <laughs> the thing took right off <laughs> and then crashed and went into like 40,000 pieces. <laughs> now, he did not attempt to repair that particular airplane, but I see somebody's calling in. We're going to hear this Father's Day adventure. We're going to hear the completion of what happened with my father in the Cox model airplanes, and we would love to hear yours. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. So much more Christian Car Guy Show coming up. Disaster didn't stymie Louis Pasta. No, sir. Edison took years to see the light. Right. Alexander Graham knew failure well. He took a lot of knocks to ring that bell. So when he gets distressing, it's a blessing. So it is a Father's Day Eve special today on the Christian Car Guy Show, and we're talking about <laughs> what was your father's creative repair, the one that just, wow, it just wowed you. It was remarkable. It may have been funny. It might have been awesome. We would love to hear it, 866 348 Seven eight eight four is a number to call in and share. We have Tammy is in North Carolina. Tammy, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hey, Robbie, it's Tammy over in Kernersville. How are you doing? Wonderful. Oh, and I know your dad. 
know my dad, the big C. Yes, he was awesome. He was yeah. awesome. And so I am very anxious to hear your story. <clears throat> well, you know, we we lived on a farm in Indiana, and um, <clears throat> there were always opportunities for Dad to be fixing things around there. And he was also a utility man uh, for Delco Remy for 35 years. So my dad spent a lot of time fixing things. Um, <clears throat> he never quite knew what he was going to come up with. And he found really creative uses for the um, the farm machinery that he had around there, too. Um, he was famous for putting us in the bucket on the front of the um, tractor to, you know, put us up in the pear tree to pull the, the pears from the top of the tree or <laughs> when the... When the door fell off of the tool shed, you know, one of us got to get in the bucket and go up there and try to lift the, um, the door up as well. And remember, you know, you know that Dad had no sons. So this was for me, my sister, and my mom. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> you got sure to go a lot on the adventure, plenty of, yeah. Plenty of aggravation along the way. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there was, there was one Sunday afternoon um, – and as I said, we lived on a highway, and people were forever, you know, breaking down along the highway. And we were around 20 miles from the closest city where there might actually be, um, you know, some kind of a business that could help people whose cars broke down get fixed and, and back on the road. That meant a big tow. You know, Sunday afternoons, there's not really... Um, a great chance that you're going to get yourself fixed and on the way. So this particular Sunday afternoon, um, we were, we were doing, you know, our regular thing, probably sitting around playing cards and, you know, just, we had a big window that we could see what was happening out on the road. And dad saw that this truck, um, that was pulling a trailer, um, had broken down. So, he said, I wonder what's going on out there, you know, and, and, and dad liked to wait for people to come to him, you know, so <laughs> we were waiting for the knock on the door <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you kind of know it's coming when they know they're in the middle of nowhere. And you <laughs> do know it's coming. This was long before cell phones, you know, so people always had to come to the house to use the phone at least. And these two guys came in and, and, you know, dad said, well, what's your trouble? And something had broken loose on this trailer, um, you know, and, and they apparently were coming, um, from a race. I think they had, you know, like a little, um, some kind of a small, um, I don't know, race car, some little racing car that they had in there. Anyway, dad also had, I think he told you about the tool shed, didn't he? Oh yeah. His, <laughs> 60 by 90, huge um, metal pole barn is what he had. And there was everything under the sun in there. And he knew exactly where it was. Nobody else did, but Dad knew. So he went out. He he took an assessment of the situation, and he went back in the barn, and he came out with several different pieces of things that looked like they had no business going together. (laughs) And he worked 
um, out there with those guys, and in less than an hour, he had them ready to go and on down the road. You know, it, it probably was not going to be the fix forever, but it was what they needed. And he got so tickled because the one guy looked at the other and he said, you know, these old country boys know what to do to get you going, don't they? And my dad just really, he appreciated that. You know, he had a good chuckle over that. And uh, that was that was just one of the things that um, I remember is he loved to help people get get going and do what they needed to do. So, Yeah, and, and it, you, you bring up a remarkable spiritual lesson, which I know you know, Tammy, um, is that God made us to come through. Yes. And, and he made men with that special need to, to know we have what it takes. Yes, yes. And one of the remarkable stories in the Bible for me along those lines is that Jesus himself needed to hear that, apparently from his heavenly Father, because mm-hmm. at both his baptism and at the um, Mount of Transfiguration, you know, God verbally said from the sky, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well yeah. pleased. Listen to him. He has what it takes. He can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. And your dad, you know, it's so cool when dads are showing that to their sons, their daughters, that this, you know, that it's a matter of faith and trust that we're going to go out and we're going to get this fixed. It's this really cool yeah. thing. I love yeah. that story, Tammy. And, and your father was a wonderful man. I know this has to be a tough day for you. Yeah, we're, we're definitely missing him. My dad still is a great man. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Good point. He's, he has a new residence, and I'm going to spend a lot of time when I get back with him learning all those things that I didn't learn before. So, but thank you for saying that about him. We sure, we sure love him. Yeah. And we miss the big D. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you called in, Tammy. God bless. Thank you. Bless you. Thank right. you, Robbie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So getting back to my Cox Airplane story... <clears throat> <laughs> which, thank you, Tia, that was awesome. That, which, you've got a story like that. Now, I know you heard that, and you think, well, I need to tell them about my dad. Well, 866-348-7884. 866-348-7884. We would love to hear about your dad, a tribute to what he could do to come through and, and show you had what it takes. We got, again, the rest of the cock story is coming up when we get back. Stay tuned. <laughs> from Adam's side given to the man a bride they made a tryst with sin and died and birth the fall of all mankind born of us from Jesus talking about creative fatherly repairs today and the reason I chose that song is one of the most remarkable creative repairs of all time (laughs) is is portrayed in the fascinating way that God took in the rib from Adam um, in order to create a bride for Adam 
and I don't know if you ever noticed the significance of the wound in Jesus' side being the way that he actually was rescuing his bride, which is the church, and it's just a phenomenally creative repair. I mean, something that Ted Trueblood really <laughs> would have to be just blown away. So what about your dad? How did he show that kind of creativity and repair or something that was remarkable and or funny or whatever? I was talking about my dad and... And, you know, after he wrecked our Christmas present and P-51 Mustang, he went back and he bought a P-51 uh, trainer, which I don't know if anybody ever had one of those Cox airplanes, but you used a lot of rubber bands and, and stuff so that if you crashed it, you know, he could repair it. Well, my dad had a wonder with epoxy. <laughs> and I don't know how many times he crashed it before he finally learned how to fly so he could teach me and my brother how to fly. <laughs> But that epoxy, if you, you had to see the plane, I wish, you know, we had a picture of what that looked like after he'd epoxied it together so many times. But Frankenstein, right? <laughs> you know, some of my favorite memories as a kid were going out there working with my father in the garage, and I'm wondering, or working out, you know, whatever it was that he was fixing. And I would love to hear those stories. 866 348 Seven eight eight four eight six six three four. Truth again. We got the Christian Car Guy Theater coming up. Last segment. So if you're going to make your call, you got to do it now. Better get on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But Jerry, you had a word for fathers on Father's Day that God kind of put on your heart. Yeah, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking about Father's Day and stuff, and having a daughter, not having a son. But I think one of the things that's that's really missing in society today and in our culture is just bonding with our kids. And not necessarily trying to live our life through our kids, but live our kids' life through us. And one of the things that I always think about when my daughter was growing up, she loved cheerleading, competitive cheerleading, did it for years. I think she started like in the third grade, maybe, uh, at Carolina Spirit Athletics. And we say just went to nationals, uh, the world event, and did really well this a couple weeks ago in Clemens. But she did competitive cheerleading, and I'm not a cheerleading fan, of course, but I grew to love cheerleading. I was at all of the events uh, watching Taylor cheer. I remember the first event we went to, Taylor is real reserved and shy, and we're getting, we're, I think, in Greensboro Coliseum. Kids get ready to run out on the mat, and I told my wife, I said, uh, Myra Taylor's not going to be running out there. She's going to be the one, she's going to stand there froze. Well, she goes running out there and just, I mean, it was just just amazing to see um, how much she loved that. So through the years, I mean, I've spent 15 years of being a huge cheerleading fan. She uh, cheered all through school, uh, competitive cheerleading, went to Liberty University four years, varsity cheerleading, was able to travel throughout the country with sports teams, and I was always there. So I was just a – and still am. She coaches at Carolina Spirit Athletics now – but I've always been a huge cheerleading fan, but the biggest fan I have, I have always been is a Taylor Mathis fan. And I think so many times we have missed that connection of being able to be part of our kids' lives as they grow up. And by having that bond and they see how much you care for what they're doing and giving your time and being there, all of a sudden you're able to start teaching them how much Jesus loves them. And it's just kind of a... I think it's almost a, a lost art because we're all too, we think we're too busy. We're never too busy for our kids, right. our grandkids, yeah. our neighbors, <laughs> our <kids>. nieces. <laughs> well, it brings up a great point. And 
you know, I, I did the Sonship talk at the boot camp for Masculine Journey this past spring and really studied this thing. And, and I learned some stuff that really is impactful to me that, you know, I always thought, well, if somebody loses their father when they're young or they had a father that was, you know, had left, you know, went into sin, whatever happened that, you know, God was kind of the backup plan. Well, you've got God as your father. Well, as I began to really flesh out my own life and look at how God had brought fathers into my life throughout my life, and I just started creating pictures of all these men that had impacted my life. And all of a sudden I realized that God is your ultimate father regardless. He is not the backup plan. He, he is like the master conductor. Up there he's, he's conducting this father to come into your life. He's conducting that father to come into your life that, that is there to show you how to fix that car or you know, however it works that you, you've got to deal with kids. So, right, you need to, and, and right now, if you've got adult kids and you're like me, wow, I can't believe that now that my kids are older, I got way more stuff to deal with than I did when they were younger. And that, and who's around? Well, you're, you begin to ask God, bring a father in my life to help me with these kind of things. And again, when the master, I mean, when the student is ready, the master will appear. When you begin to ask God and turn that over to him, like, I, I'm struggling here, I need help because this is over my head, then, you know, he begins to bring those people in. And such is the case with the Jesus labor love, which I wanted to get to a little bit before Christian Car Guy Theater. You know, we have this car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And it, and it literally is a way for us to, you know, ha- come up with creative repairs. Every single week we get creative in trying to find somebody that can help these people and somebody and, and and find the resources in order to be able to do it. And it's amazing how God comes through. But every single time I cannot emphasis, emphasize enough is through your prayers and through your donations and, and through the prayers of the people, all the, the prayer that God gets involved. Um, this week for the first time we had uh, a, a lady in Arizona, brand new mom. And we never had anybody in Arizona because we don't have a, a station there that care. We have people in California. We have it in Seattle, but we don't have anybody in Arizona. So this was our first one. And, and we, we got it set up and then it turned out that the car was beyond repair. And so there's a prayer need right there in Arizona. I can just tell you that here's a lady. She just had a baby, no dad, and, you know, in desperate need of transportation so she can get a job and take care of her family. And, and, you know, these are the kind of things that require prayer. But meanwhile, there were some others that went really well. We had um, Vargas Auto Service in Salt Lake City put a put a hub on a vehicle in, in for us in Utah, and with your donations and your prayers, that lady got back on the road. In Nightdale, there was perform Nightdale, North Carolina. There was Performance Car Care helped us out there, Jerry, and we got a lady on the road there with a with a CV joint, as I recall. Discount Tires in Durham, North Carolina, helped us out with a widow who was couldn't get her car inspected because, you know, the tires didn't meet inspection. So between discount tires and your donations, we were able to help them. And then a really cool one, we had a lady in Moxville, North Carolina, and um, Formac Automotive out there in Moxville has really come alongside us and helped us in a, in a, in a few cases, uh, the severe ones. And, you know, between what they donated, what you donated, and the prayers and all, this was a single mom. And, and there's just... I always feel like I'm the lucky one because I get to hear the joy when, you know, 
they're leaving with their car fixed and they can take care of their family again. You know, and th- and the thing is, what's so beauty of the beautiful thing about it is, is when they walk away from that situation or, or leave and they're back in their car and it's running, one thing they've seen Jesus. Right. And the other thing, you know, I, I just encourage anyone who hears hears us this morning is if you're looking for a way to 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 help, if it's just through prayer, if it's just to help uh, being a coordinator. I mean, there's so many openings and so many opportunities to be able to, to to work in the kingdom and further the kingdom and and bring Jesus to people in their biggest need because we all know we live in a society that it's just about impossible to function without transportation. And when you feel like you're in a corner and nowhere to go and your car's broke down and you've got to get a child to the doctor or to school yourself or whatever it may be, get to work and you're a single mom or you're a, a, a mother or th- that, that's in a family that's just struggling. It's just a great opportunity for those who can help. And, and my prayer is, and always is, every time I think about Jesus' labor of love, is just how can somebody out there is listening that has the resources with time or finances or whatever to make an impact in somebody's life. I always yeah. say, don't take away from your local church because they're doing some awesome things. But, man, this is a great opportunity. There you go. ChristianCarGuy.com. You can find out all about the Jesus Labor Love there. Again, we have no paid staff in the Jesus Labor Love. Every single dime goes to repairing people's cars. And that's all we do. Um, and right now you get to listen to Jailhouse Justice uh, episode 14 when we come <laughs> back. Stay tuned. Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, Jailhouse Justice, Part 14. In the last episode of Jailhouse Justice, Bad Brad had just escaped jail, but he was then assaulted by the under the hood team of Jimmy's Jeep when he was on his way to try to get to the hospital to get his former crime boss, Noir, to help him get out of town. Brad's second surprise was finding out that Noir had been made new in Christ and his real name is Lazarus. And to Brad's dismay, the only way Lazarus wanted to help him was to share the truth about Jesus. His next surprise is coming because the sheriff was hot on Brad's trail. Having found both the empty jail cell and the abandoned Jeep, the sheriff decided to take Jimmy's Jeep over to the hospital to check on Eustace, who had just discovered Bad Brad in Lazarus' room. Hey, just a doggone minute. What what are you doing here? How, How did you get out? Please. Take it easy, deputy. He has nowhere to go. All right, Brad. Now, now you you stick him up. No, no sense anyone getting hurt. I have a bullet, and I know how to use it. Ha, Eustace. I see you have things under control, as usual. I had a feeling I'd find him here. Oh, it ain't nothing, Sheriff. Just doing my job. Job? (laughs) You fools won't catch me again. Brad, don't be a fool. With that, Fat Brad jumps right through the glass window, catching his leg across the jagged glass. He trips and goes head first down two floors, desperately grabbing at anything he could hold on to slow his fall. But finally, lo and behold, what would be at the bottom waiting for him but his old friend Jimmy's Jeep. Mosey Motor Oil yells out to Rurik Robar, 
<laughs> hey, Rurik, my old Sputnik buddy. Hey, it's your turn now to show them how you roll. KGB style. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Comrade Mosey, it's time to raise the bar for bad bread. <laughs> Looks like he'll take this one right on the Ukrainian. <laughs> this a simple bounce of the offender. <laughs> no offense, French offender. <laughs> oh, wee oui, wee, oui, monsieur. No offense taken. C'est ça? I would say bad bread will be le miserable after you crane his neck. Rurik Rollbar. Sure enough, Bad Brad bounces off Rurik Rollbar. Fortunately, the soft top took some of the fall as it tore away, leaving Bad Brad bleeding and unconscious in Jimmy's back seat. Being there at the River Rock Hospital probably saved his life as they rushed Bad Brad into emergency surgery. Early that morning, Pastor Jack got the news and called an emergency prayer meeting at the church. Friends, I'm sure by now most of you have heard about Brad busting out of jail. And then he jumped from the second floor of River Rock Hospital and now is in critical condition. It's time to pray for another miracle, not just for a physical healing for Brad, but a spiritual one as well. This is a real opportunity to show God's love and forgiveness. Pastor, that's easier said than done. You know this guy has stolen my Jeep twice and tried to kidnap Allie? He's creepy, Pastor. How do I forgive someone like that? Jimmy, I'm with you. He's taken our granddaughter and our dog. That guy has caused more trouble in town than I can ever remember. Yeah, what kind of low life would steal poor little Fritzy? Not to mention the fact that you know what he was gonna do to Allie. I know, forgiveness is hard, a really hard thing, the more intentional the evil that's been done to you. But I have someone here I want you to meet, and I hope you'll consider what she wants to share with you. This is Brad's daughter. Christy. I know my dad has done much to hurt all of you, but so did Noir, and I hear your prayers changed his life. So I don't know if you knew this, but Noir and Lou kidnapped me to make sure my dad kidnapped Ali. Not that I'm excusing what my dad has done to all of you, but as always, there's so much more to the story, just like Noir. I hated Noir and what he did to my dad and to me. But Pastor Jack told me the story of Jesus asking the Father to forgive the soldiers nailing his hands to the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The really hard thing for me to understand is that was me. I nailed Jesus' hands to that cross and Jesus forgave me because I didn't know what I was doing. How then could I not forgive Noir? It's so obvious now. Noir didn't know what he was doing. Now he understands, and now he's changed. He is Lazarus. Pastor Jack also told me about Joseph, and when he forgave his brothers, he wanted to make sure they felt no guilt or shame. So Pastor Jack challenged me. How could I help Noir get rid of his guilt and shame? If I really had forgiven Noir, I would want that for him and for my dad. So I'm here because my dad needs you. Yes. You, he hurt the worst. God will hear those prayers. Not only prayers that my dad will live, but even live to take Jesus' blood to cover that guilt and shame. I'm so sorry, Christy. I had no idea. You're right. Jesus forgave me when I was his enemy. Really, Jimmy? Are you forgetting what he wanted to do to me? Allie, sweetheart, try to understand. Yes, forgiving Brad is your decision. But in the end, it's what you desperately need to do, honey. 
Back at the hospital, Lazarus, Eustace, and the sheriff are already in prayer for Brad. Jesus, forgive Brad. He didn't know what he was doing. Like I didn't. God, please, give him the chance you gave me. Father, you've done such mighty things here. The miracle of our new brother, Lazarus. You saved him from hell, Lord. Please save Brad's life and his soul. Just then, Dr. Sonny comes into the room. Sheriff, Brad is critical, really critical, and the difficult issue is he's in desperate need of a transfusion, and his type is AB negative, the rarest blood type. We are out, and we only have one person in town with that type of blood, and I hate to say it, but I doubt she'd be willing to donate. Oh, Dr. Sonny, you're not talking about- Yes, I'm afraid it is Allie. Tune in next month for the exciting conclusion of Christian Carguy Theater's Jailhouse Justice. Now here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, too bad Brad hadn't been a better math student. <laughs> I see what you did there, Daddy. <laughs> that way he would have moved that AB minus up to an AB plus for extra credit. <laughs> Very funny, Daddy. Uh, look. Blood is what Brad needs on all sorts of levels, Danny. He desperately needs Jesus' blood and Alice. It's one thing to die physically, but if Brad dies now, he will remain in hell. Brad needs Jesus' blood to give him new spiritual life if he wants any life at all. <laughs> Randy, in a sad sort of way, Brad's life at this point like Solomon told us, it's all in vain. Brad's vanity and his pride. How ironic that Allie would be his type. Oh boy, yeah, you're killing me one cc at a time, Danny. <laughs> and I bet Allie's gonna feel needled for sure. Oh <laughs> boy. Look, but in the end, Danny, love never fails. And Christy's love for her father is sure shining. And Dr. Sonny may see to that. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> see you later, Radiator. One more episode of Jailhouse Justice, and we'll be wrapping up this particular series, not the next one, but listen to the exciting conclusion of Jailhouse Justice coming up in July. And if you want to find out more about the cast and crew of Christian Carguy Theater, go to the cast and crew page at christiancarguy.com. While you're there, you can check out podcasts absolutely free of every episode, over 34, I think now, episodes of Christian Carguy Theater. Their podcasts are free. Listen to all of them. Also check out the car show calendar that shows so many car shows going on in June, as well as, of course, the Jesus Labor of Love car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. There you can find our latest prayer needs. You can donate your time, your prayers, money, or even a car. We'd love to have you join us in the cause, the Jesus Labor Love free car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis right there at christiancarguy.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show this Father's Day weekend. And we pray that you would have an amazing Father's Day. And while you're at it, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years.